0: Good evening. This is Victoria with Dream Dogs and tonight we are talking about evaluations and testing for your service dog. Okay, so that's, ah, there we go. That's the topic for tonight and it's going to be a fantastic topic because this is a question I get asked all the time. Like, seriously, guys, all the time. I get phone calls. I want to make my dog a certified service dog. How do I get my dog to be certified as my service dog? I'm going to register my dog with one of those online registries, so my dog's legit wait, no. (laughs) So who am I? My name is Victoria with Dream Dogs. So Dream Dogs is a website is dreamcanine.com and we train dogs. We train pet dogs. We work with behavior issues, but my absolute favorite is to work with service dogs. And what we do is we help owner trainers train their dogs to be their service dogs. Okay. Uh, You can do it on your own, but it is very overwhelming. you know what happens when you're overwhelmed? Uh, the same thing that I've been doing for my taxes since January, February, and then halfway through March is when I finally did them. Oh, that looks like a lot of work. I'll just put that aside until later and I'll get busy doing something else. And we don't want that to happen whenever you're training up your dog as your service dog. We want success and not washout. So we developed a unique program where we work with owner trainers from all aspects of training up their service dog, everything from deciding what breed of dog is right for them, helping them find a dog, get the dog, train from puppyhood on up. So puppy manners, adolescent, whenever they are teenagers, they don't always want to listen to you. Uh, service dog uh, tasks, service dog skills, public access training, off leash training, you name it, we do it. And it's great. And I absolutely love it. But like I said, one of the biggest, biggest, biggest questions is how do I know my dog's a legit service dog? First, those registries online, all of them, all of the registries online, any of them that you find, no matter how amazing sounding they are, they're all scams. And you know what the great thing is? A lot of the airlines are starting to realize that card from the Service Dog Registry of America, or one of the thousands of others, maybe hundreds of others, definitely tens of others, uh, That that is not... Something legit. Now, I sometimes do identification cards for my dogs. They have their name and picture, my name and picture, um, address, emergency contact, doctor info. You know, um, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about making yourself up an ID card or getting an ID card for you or your dog. I'm talking about those registries. Some of them are free, some of them are $600 or more. And they're just, they're, they're all scams. So don't, please don't, please don't waste your money. And I have a story about this. Years ago, I had Boo, my first service dog, a Siberian Husky, and we were doing a class uh, through one of the groups in Gainesville. So we're doing the class, and afterwards, a bunch of us are talking. Now, we all knew each other because we'd been training together for a while. And as we're talking, one of the girls, who was from up north, I think, Ohio, she had a dog down here who was her husband's service dog. Now, her husband was up out of state, but she was down here because she was showing her dog down here, and apparently... The type of dog she had showed better down here so she was hoping to get points so she was living away from her husband for six months or so um but it was her husband's service dog okay so she was taking the dog out in public well really the dogs if he if you're if he's a service dog and your husband needs him that's fine and you want to bring him down here to finish off his championship that's fine But don't go around telling people that dog is your service dog because that dog's not your service dog. Just like Aero, if I gave Era or Gypsy right now, if I gave them to you, they are no longer your service dogs or a service dog because you do not have the disability that needs to be mitigated by the tasks that they are trained to perform. That was a mouthful, okay? So it has to be. Now, say you have the same exact condition I have. It still doesn't matter. That dog still might not be your service dog because what I need mitigated and what you need mitigated, which means helped could be totally different, okay? So anyway, back to the story. So she showed this ID card, which looked really awesome, right, because they always do, they have the holograph seal on them, you know, the emblem thing. They usually have something that looks really fancy and it's laminated like your driver's license and you're like, ooh. So the people who we were talking to did that. Ooh, yours must be legitimate because I can see your doctor's identification card. And then they turned to me, where's Boo's identification card? I said, the identification registries are all scams, and they are not needed to have a service dog. And they said, well, your dog must be a fake dog because you don't have the ID card that their dog has. (laughs) Seriously? Like, you guys know me. You've known me for months now. You know how Boo helps me because you've seen it. And she is just a faker because I don't have an ID card from a registry that you've never heard of before. Really? Okay. So, yeah, it was super fun times. Uh, so, like I said, I've, I've made up ID cards on my own. Um, I've had them laminated. You could also, you know, how you can find everything on Amazon and Etsy and eBay? Yeah. I'm not saying it, but yeah. So, so we've had them, but they're more ID. Um, for me the dog information emergency contact instead of my dog as a service dog. Now you can, I had it putting the ADA stuff on the back, but just because you have a card for your dog does not mean your dog is a service dog, right? So how do you know? What What do you do? How do you know that the dog is a service dog? Well, there's only two questions that can be asked. Is that a service dog required because of a disability? What task or skills has that dog been trained to perform? Who can ask it? Well, like, Joe Schmo in line can't ask it. You know, um, neighbor person can't ask it. If you're walking through the mall and just some shopper comes up to you and asks, what's wrong with you? Why do you have a dog? You don't have to answer it. Who it is, is, um, they call them the gatekeepers. So it would be um, like the greeters at Walmart, the security guard at the mall. And when you're entering Universal, the security guards there. Like they can ask this, but having every flippant employee come up to you asking, oh no, you do not have to deal with that. Um, the owner, yes, answer the owner. But you know, so, so there's those, and you have to know your two questions because people come up to you all the time with more questions. Well, what's he do for you? How? What's your problem? What issues do you have? Are you blind? Like, is it really that bad that you need a service dog? And having been in, you know, wheelchairs when we do the big outings lately, it's really ridiculous. Because I could have, like, a heathen dog and people would assume because I'm in a wheelchair that that dog must be a service dog. And it's, no, uh, that's not the case, people. But I also have had more people coming up, oh, my goodness, look at that little dog. That little dog is so cute. While I'm sitting in the wheelchair and I'm like, please stop patronizing me and my dog she's working and you're being obnoxious. Okay. So how, how do you do it? Well, you guys know we start puppies as soon as possible. So we start them at eight weeks old with our service dog training. Now, some people hear this and they say, well, I'm going to start my puppy at eight weeks old for service dog training. And what they do is they take the dog out with them everywhere. The dog has accidents in Publix, which is a grocery store. The dog has accidents everywhere. The dog is tired, and so he starts getting snappy with people, and the people say, well, I just did what Vicky said, and I took the dog out with me everywhere. Well, guys, know that there's a right and wrong way to do everything, and there's probably more wrong ways to do it than there are right ways to do it, so we've been doing it. We know what we're doing. Don't do it because we say so. Do it because we're helping you, and we're coaching you, and we're guiding you along because what might work with one dog might not work with another dog, okay? So we start them off at eight weeks old. At that age, I call them service puppies. Okay, they're service dogs in training, technically. They're service dog candidates or service dog prospects, more legitimately. But there's no coverage under the law for service puppies, service dog candidates, service dog prospects. There's coverage under the ADA and all that good stuff for service dogs, but they don't address service dogs in training. That is addressed under each state. So Florida, while we're talking here, I'm going to look up the state of Florida to see Florida State Service Dog Laws. See, this is the prep work that I do, guys. Oh, guess what comes up? Service dog registration. Official U.S. Dog Registry at usserviceanimals.org. Scam. $89 emotional support animal. ESA letter from real doctors. Scam. Register a service animal. Registration is fast and free. Scam. Free service dog registry, free service dog ID, insert kit. Scam. Can you believe this, guys? It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous, as Judge Judy would say. Ridiculous. So under the Florida Statutes, it's under 413.08, and that is Employment and Related Services for Persons with Disabilities. So let me go down and see if I can find... So a service animal means an animal trained to do work or perform tasks for an individual with a disability, including a physical sensory, psychiatric, intellectual, or other mental disability. The work done or performed tasks must be directly related to the individual's disability and may include, but not limited to, guiding an individual who is vision impaired or blind, alerting an individual who's deaf or hard of hearing, pulling a wheelchair, assisting with mobility or balance, alerting and protecting an individual who's having a seizure. That does not mean guard dog. That means protecting the person from hurting themselves lying down beside of not growling at people who come up to them okay you got to watch you got to understand what's written here guys retrieving objects alerting an individual to the presence of allergens providing physical support and assistance with balance and stability to an individual with a mobility disability Helping an individual with a psychiatric or neurological disability by preventing or interrupting impulsive or destructive behaviors. Reminding an individual with mental illness to take their prescribed medications. Calming an individual with post-traumatic stress disorder during an anxiety attack or doing other specific work or performing other specific tasks. A service animal is not a pet, okay. So that's the definition so some places don't want to acknowledge the psychiatric service songs from what i understand but guess what it doesn't matter once they're fully trained you have to acknowledge them (laughs) ada um but this for in training i'm going to scroll further down here okay subsection eight, way at the bottom here any trainer of a service animal while engaging in the training of such an animal has the same rights and privileges with respect to access to public facilities and the same liability for damage as provided for those persons in subsection 3 accompanied by a service animal so that basically says is if you have a service animal in training and you are a trainer of that animal it doesn't say you have to be a professional trainer with an organization and some states do require that just any trainer, so owner trainers included, you can bring them out. So Florida, the service animals in training have the same accessibility. Notice it doesn't say the dog must be six months of age or older. It does not say the dog must have passed this test. So like I said, I take my puppies at eight weeks old out. I will be getting our new puppy. We actually have it narrowed down to two names, um, depending on if we get an I or a J litter. And if we go K, then we're up a crick and we have to start, but we'll probably, you know, I think we'll know what we'll do if we do K. Okay? But anyway, so we uh, we have that. Okay, eight weeks old, we t- start taking them out, but we take them out short times, short distances, um, short outings. We don't do hour-long outings. We do five minutes. Now we will online. We will do hour outings when we take them to Disney or take them to Universal. But that's mostly outside and mostly just sitting and watching the world go by while we work on the training that we've started at the house here. Okay. So that's, that's how we start them. Now, how do you know that this service dog candidate, the service puppy is gonna make a good service dog? Well, we do evaluations periodically. And if I'm seeing something that, or Rich is seeing something that we're like, ooh, I don't know about that. We're gonna work with them more on it, you know? So about six months old, I like to do an eval. Does the dog, how's the dog doing? okay? Is the dog potty trained? It's by six months old, around six months old, they should be potty trained. I say six months is the magic number to get them, you know, where they're reliable, where they're not having accidents in stores, where you can do the longer outings. Six months, guys. So those of you who are like, my puppy's fully potty trained at three months old, but he just has accidents occasionally. I'm talking to you, six months, not three months. Okay, and I'm sure there are miracles who never have any potty issues, but most dogs, six months now, little dogs, the little tiny um, yip-yip dogs, you're talking about a year for some of them, okay, and that's normal, (laughs) it's just not fun, okay, so around six months old, we ask, how's the dog potty training, how's the dog doing with people, how's the dog doing out in public, how's the dog doing in stores, how's the dog doing whenever he sees other dogs? Um, what about kids? What about people in wheelchairs, canes, crutches, those knee scooters that everyone seems to have nowadays? Uh, you know, what's the dog like in different environments? Does the dog enjoy it? How's the task training coming? Have you started anything? Um. Have you started touch? Have you started some of these task basics? You know, does the dog enjoy it? So Rue, our border collie, for those of you who know Rue, Rue was actually washed out because he didn't enjoy being a service dog. Now, I still use him occasionally because he has the training and I need it um, if I don't have one. Um, because, like I said, he, he can do it. He just doesn't like to do it. And sometimes you don't, you know, you have to do things you don't like to do. But with the dogs for the service dog work, we want them to like it. We don't just want them to like it, we want them to love it. So if I happen to leave Gypsy here while we go and she gets out, she runs to the Jeep to jump in because she wants to go. This is what she does. Era was the same way. They want to go. They do not want to be left behind. They want to go. They want to be with us. So, like I said, six months old, that's what we're looking at is that evaluation. And I don't have it written up. I should write it up so we can go over it. But it's more, and I hate to say this type of stuff, but it's more of a feel of what you get from the dog. You know, how's the dog liking this? Is this something that, uh, you know, he's doing well with? Where is he having some fear issues? Where is he having any aggression issues? Um, does he like see somebody in pee? Uh, What happens when you see somebody in hats with a beard and glasses? You know, what's going on with all different aspects? And we want to look at that and decide if we're going to continue with the service dog training, if we're going to put the service dog training on hold and work on rehabbing any issues, or if we're going to wash the dog out because the dog doesn't love it, like it, or isn't doing well with it. Okay, so that's first. The other, then we do another one around a year old. Same exact thing. How's the dog doing? Does the dog love it? Like it. Uh, how's he with people? How's he with dogs? When you're walking them, how's he out in public? Now, by a year, most of my clients are ready for the public access test. However, how long does it take to fully train up a service dog? According to IAADP, which is the International Association of Assistance Dog Partners, it is a minimum of six months and 120 hours. Okay. So we want you to log your time. And I have a log sheet in our Facebook group called How to Train Your Service Dog. So you want six months and 120 hours. Well, I started my dog at two months old. I logged 120 hours in. And my dog is now eight months old. Six plus two is eight. So my dog is now a service dog. No, your dog is eight months old. You know, they still have maturing to do. Um, At eight months old, if your dog... (coughs) excuse me, has passed the public access test, has the CGCs, which I'll talk about in a second, and is doing well, your dog's still a puppy. You know, so if you live in one of those states where service dogs and training do not have um, coverage, and your dog's doing excellently amazing, like, heck yeah, say, okay, you know what? Dog's a service dog. But keep in mind that your dog is not done with the training. When is your dog done training? Never. Dog will always be learning what your dog will always be training right i someone posted on one of the groups my dog's done training tomorrow i'm like oh is your dog gonna die tomorrow because they keep training like i work i'm working with gypsy right now with weave through my legs it's a trick are we gonna have to use it probably not but it's cute it's fun and it's flashy you know what's not flashy alerting to me it's not a flashy thing and people see her and they'll sometimes ask if she knows any tricks and I'd like to be able to have a few tricks that she does, and she does super. I mean, she picks things up whenever I drop them and tell her my my oops word, right? But I want her to do some fun stuff, and her, she's enjoying it because she gets to work for it and figure it out. So it's pretty neat, okay? So we have those. But remember, in training, so in t- Gypsy's, well, a year and, I think, eight months. Yeah, a year and eight months. So she's not even two years old yet, a year and 12 months she'll be two years old. But she, you know, she, I I, I tell people she's a service dog. She's still learning. Like they're always, always, always learning, guys. That doesn't stop. Don't ever think, oh, my dog's done training. Now you're going to have times where you're like, I just can't do training today. I can't even do five minutes because I can't get out of bed. And my friend, partner, spouse, you know, parent, child has to deal with the dog. That happens. You know, you only have a service dog if you have a disability. And they're super fun that way. Okay, so other than my informal evaluations, right? Where does the dog like it, love it, want to do it more? What else is there to do for your training binder? What's a training binder? Ha <laughs> For that, we have a podcast on how to build your training binder, and we have information on it in that Facebook group called How to Train Your Service Dog. You need to have a training binder. Trust me on this one; it's amazing. Okay, so what else do we do? If you start your dog under a year old, there's the AKC star puppy. So for that, you need to do six classes. So if you do group, if you do private, we do six classes. and uh, and we work towards the AKC star puppy. You get a medal. It's super cute, right? So look into that. That's for dogs under a year old, and they have to the, the training the trainer has to be a CGC evaluator, okay? So what I do because I'm a CGC evaluator, and so is Rich, and whenever Luke turns 18, he can be a CGC evaluator. But we cannot test our own dogs. So I have friends who are also CGC evaluators, and so we'll do training with them whenever we get together for six times, um, you know, between groups and privates and mini groups, um, and then they'll sign off on that. They'll evaluate. Okay. The next step is the Canine Good Citizen test. Now there's 10 test items. I'm going to go through them real quick with you guys. Test number one is accepting a friendly stranger. So the dog will allow a friendly stranger to approach and speak to the handler in a natural, everyday situation. Number two, sit politely for petting. So then the stranger says, hey, can I pet your dog? And the owner says, yes, you can. So the dog allows a friendly stranger to pet it while it's out with the handler. Number three is appearance and grooming. So then they hand you a brush and you brush the dog, okay, a little bit. You check its ears and you check its front feet as a groomer or a vet would know if the owner has to hold the front foot while you touch it, that's fine too. Uh, and we've had some dogs who are like, oh, heck no, you're not touching me. That's never fun. Uh, number four is out for a walk on a loose lead. So we want there to be a happy leash, right? We want there to be a dip in your leash. Follow the evaluator's instructions and the dog walks on a loose leash. The owner can talk to the dog the whole time, but you need to do a right turn, a left turn, a U-turn, and a stop. So basically, if you do a seven or an L, you're good. Because think about it. You do one of your turns, your U-turn, your back, and your stop, and then proceed. Okay? So just remember, your L's and sevens, and you're good to go. Uh, Walking through a crowd, a small crowd of pedestrians passing in close proximity to at least three people. Number six is sitting down on command and stay in place. The dog must demonstrate sit and down. Then the owner chooses one for stay and they walk out 20 feet, turn and come back. The dog doesn't have to hold it for any amount of time except for the time it takes the owner to walk out 20 feet, turn and come back. Number seven is come when called. The dog will come when called by the handler from 10 feet away on leash. So the dog does not have to stay for this one and the evaluator can hold on to the dog until the owner calls them. Test number eight is reaction to another dog. The dog will behave politely around other dogs. Two handlers and their dogs approach. From distance about 20 feet away, stop, shake hands, exchange pleasantries and leave. We want no jumping, no butt sniffing, no I'm going to that dog. We want the dogs to ignore each other and sit politely at the side. Test number nine is reaction to distractions. So the evaluator will select and present two distractions such as dropping a chair etc. So what we usually do is maybe do a run by if we have a wheelchair we'll use that um if there's a car door slamming or house door slamming or we'll drop um, a clipboard you know they're they're not ridiculous distractions right i'm not going to throw 100 tennis balls at your dog and make sure he stays there uh and the reaction to distractions the dog can startle but shouldn't bark shouldn't pee shouldn't you know bite my leg off should it could startle that's okay but should recover quickly uh, and then number ten is supervised separation—that your dog can be left with a trusted person. You better waiter holds your dog's leash when you go out of sight for three minutes. Okay, that is the CGC, the Canine Good Citizen. It's a test from the AKC. Uh, I'm a CGC evaluator. It's not—you need two years of experience to do it. Um, it's not. Oh my God, it's difficult, right? Um, but it's nice because it's, you know you know that the trainer has some level and can do that, okay? Uh, let's see, I've got some comments here before I go on to the next thing, let me read those. Nicole says, yep, Doc's doing well with guide work, but now he's learning blocks, still teaching him new things, and he's two and a half, yep. Samantha says, Charlie's two and a half, and he's fantastic with his psych and medical alert tasks, and now he's just learning mobility, that's awesome. Okay, so I'll go back, so AK, so, star puppy has to be under a year old. The Canine Good Citizen can be done at any age. So my personal dog usually usually done around six months old. Um, Arrow was done three weeks after we got him. He was ready for it then. Uh, my first dog, Jedi, that I CGC tested, my German Shepherd, she failed the first time because she wouldn't stay when I walked out. She'd follow me. So we worked on that, retested like a month later, and she passed it with no problem. Uh, they can retake the test. It's not a, ah, your dog's not a canine good citizen. He's a canine bad citizen and he's never going to ever pass it. It's, it's just, it's a test. You can take it every day for five years if you want to. Right. Um, it's not a problem. Now, if your dog takes it, some evaluators will only do a year or up. Uh, if your dog takes it less than a year old, you should retest it at a year and then it's a two years. So I do think you should retest the CDC every year with your service dog uh just to ensure that you have proof that good manners have been maintained okay so you don't have to send it in every time and get the new certificate every time but just for your records especially if the if your trainer can do it for you um or you know just use a copied sheet instead of the official sheet because you're not sending it in does that make sense so you can say you know here this is proof that my dog at this day and time well, not really Tom, this day was a canine good citizen. So what's next after that is the urban and the community canine. So they're both the advanced ones uh, from the CGC and I just call them the two advanced ones. And I will usually do these at the same time I do the public access test. Okay, so I'm gonna talk about the two advanced AKC CGC ones, the urban and the community canine along with the public access test. Cause I test all three of them together. And what we usually do is we meet out in public Um, either there's a Publix up the road I like to use, or there's Walmart, and then we have to do going out to eat with them, Um, sometimes we'll do it at the amusement parks, you know, we've done them at um, Universal, we've done them at Disney, because we're there, and it works, okay, so the test items for the AKC Urban (coughs) is, let's see if I can find them here, okay, number one, exit or enter a doorway with no pooling and dog-friendly buildings. Exit the building to start the test. Additional public items are below. Walk through a crowd on a busy urban sidewalk. People come towards the dog from a foot away and tolerate distraction. People wearing hats, coats, men, women, etc. Number three, appropriate reaction to city distractions, including movement, noise, walking on a variety of surfaces. Um, noises could be sirens, horns, construction noise. Moving objects could be skateboard, bike, carts, people running. Surfaces could be concrete, grass, grates, plastic, tarp, and wet sidewalk. Crossing the street is number four. Stop at the corner, stand or sit and wait and cross with no leash pulling, on leash with owner. Cross the street under control. Five is ignore food on sidewalk. Drop cups or food or bags or cans in which food was wrapped. You want them to ignore the food. It's not time to and swipe it. Uh, Number six, person walks up and pets the dog. They may be carrying an item, such as a small dog in a bag, a computer bag, et cetera. A purse, um, person or backpack, Rich in his backpacks. He loves backpacks. Uh, The person does not need to put the bag down to pet the dog. Number seven, a public building that's dog friendly. So with my service dogs, it doesn't matter because they're all dog friendly. Uh, walks under control in a building with slick surface, carpeted floor, do a downstay for three minutes in the lobby or the outdoor area, or waits while the owner has a meal or a snack. Uh, number eight is stairs, steps, or elevator under control. For steps, we want at least three up and down. For the elevators, enter under control, exits, and rides under control. And number nine, house train for apartment, condo, city living. Owner may verify this. Evaluator may also observe in public buildings or have observed in training classes. If The dog like pees everywhere. He doesn't pass for that one. Number 10, transportation. The owner's choice depends on transportation needs. Car, the dog enters and exits and remains under control during the ride. You can put him in a crate if you want to. You can use a seatbelt if you want to personally once my dogs are trained i do not crate or seatbelt them because i want them free if they need to alert for whatever reason um and my dogs like to sleep on the comfiness of the 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 chair so when we had the van and we'd have crates in the back for boot camp dogs my dogs would still ride free and i know people who will only do it with the harness now if your dog is a wiggly worm totally use a harness or a crate Uh, whenever we get malapuppy in our new puppy hopefully soon hopefully in a week or so um, if he's not fully house trained yet, which he won't be in the beginning, he will either be in our lap or on a crate. So if he's in our lap and he's super squirmy, he's going to go in the crate after a potty break. Always be proactive, guys. And uh, subway, a small dog in a bag for a ride. Large dogs aren't always permitted. Know and abide by the transit policies in your area. And then dog friendly, it says enters, exits, or allows to be put in or taken out under control. So you can see for those, makes sense, right? So that's the urban. Let me find the other one. Where's that one at? I'm on the AKC side here. What's after CGC? Because if not, I have to do it. And here you go. Community canine. Okay. So community canine is really similar to the urban. Tell me what you think whenever I go over it here with you. Oh, I have to find it here. Test. Summary form will that have it on there? I bet it will. Okay, here's the test summary form, guys. Oh, wait a minute, that's the summary form. That's not the test form. Hold on. Maybe this will have it. The overview. Yep, here we go. The community canine, you get the um CGCA award title. Okay. So for this, again, you have 10 steps because AKC likes the number 10. A uh, dog stands, sits, or lie downs and waits under control while the owner sits at the registration table and fills out paperwork or while the owner sits and has a snack or visits with somebody like at a park. Two, walks on a loose leash in a natural situation, not in a ring, and does not pull. You want to do a left and right turn, a stop, and a fast and slow pace. Number three, walks on a loose leash through a crowd, in a real crowd, not in a ring. Four, the dog walks past distraction, dog's present and does not pull. Number five, does a sit stay in a small group with three other people with dogs in an informal group while owners are having a conversation. Uh, Number six, dogs allow a person who's carrying something, a purse, computer bag, backpack to approach and pet it. May I pet your dog? The item is put on the floor or ground before the person pets the dog. Uh, Leave it, the dog walks by food and follows owner's instructions to leave it down or sit stay owner's choice at a distance recall with distractions present come when called handle goes out 20 feet off center and calls the dog the dog comes past the distraction to return to the handler so here's the dog here's you here's a distraction the dog has to go by the distraction to get to you and 10 dog enters and exits a doorway or narrow passageway on leash with owner in a controlled manner now i don't understand I mean, I'm not AKC, but I don't understand why there's the CGC community canine and the CGC urban because they are so flipping similar. It's ridiculous. Okay. So I don't get it. I really don't understand it. If somebody knows why they have the two different ones, please tell me because I think they could have made them better. Okay. But we do both of those at the same time. We do the public access test. Now our public access access test, we talked about one of the earlier podcasts, but I might not have put it up, um, because I'm waiting, IACP is coming out with theirs. Now, what I did is I, and this is what I recommend you do as well, Google public access test, okay, Google the public access test, service dog, or PAT service dog, and use quotes where you need to, public access test, and then service dog, and look at what's on them. There is no, like how the CGC test, there is no public access test, where this is the legit public access test. Every one is what people kind of made up and played around with and said, this is what I like. And we actually have one that we use that we cobbled together from a few different ones and then added some of our stuff in there. And I like it. It needs tweaked. It always needs a little tweak. Um, But I like it because it's thorough and in-depth, okay? And I don't want the dog. There's some things the dog cannot fail at. The dog fails at it. Everyone fails at it. So like I said, I usually do all three of them at the same time. Because if you think about it, since I usually do it at Publix or Walmart or whatever, the parks, uh, waiting and sitting while people fill out. Well, you know, it's part of the sit with the food stuff, right? I'm walking through crowds. You know, the sits-downs comes. The dealing with the distractions. It's all part of the public access test. So after we do the public access test, We look at the CGC form, see what else we need to fill out, and then look at the next CGC form and see what else we need to fill out, and usually we've seen everything at that point, and the dog passes, all three if the dog passes, okay? So I do have some more comments here, let me see what comments we have, and then I'll get back to testing and evaluations. So Nicole says, it's challenging to find urban testers in my area, would love to do it with my younger two. So Nicole, for CGC, Any CGC evaluator can do the urban or the community canine. Any CGC evaluator. So if you find one, they might not have the test forms. You might have to order them or ask them to order them. Um, So you have that. And so they can send those in. I usually order a bunch of them. And then I'm good to go for a year or two because they usually change it up. Now, you do need to have a witness for the three advanced, not the star puppy, but the three advanced ones. You need to have a witness who's not related to you and not related to the person that you're training or that you're evaluating. So like, rich cannot be my witness, um, their spouse or their you know, kid or whatever can't be their, their witness, but my, um, if they're just boyfriend, girlfriend, or girlfriend, girlfriend, or boyfriend, boyfriend, and they don't live together, they can be a witness for each other. Does that make sense? Because they don't live together and they're not related to each other, okay? <laughs> um, Crystal says, my 10 year old while <laughs> oh, Zoe and Rue were playing. It's super cute. Christmas says, My 10 week old German Shepherd puppy has a fear of other dogs. Any suggestions? Um, There's a lot that can be done with a German Shepherd. If you're 10 weeks old already, has a fear of other dogs, that's something you need to work with somebody with ASAP. Um, Advice online. I have to see what's going on. So if I tell you we'll expose them to everybody, that's probably going to put him over a threshold really quickly. So this is something I need to see either in person or over video, so I can coach you through it. And you really should have somebody hands on because you can really you can help a puppy get him totally past it, or you can screw up a puppy and turn him super aggressive. <laughs> uh-huh. So um, t- reach out to me. Um, you can message me. Can message Dream Dogs. I'm tapping the table. No problem. Want to see him? They're super cute. There you go. Ruth's lying down there. Zoe just lying down too. They're not related at all. Oh, Zoe. She's like 14 now, and he's like four. Uh, Samantha asks, are training tools allowed during these tests, like martingale, prong, or halty? No prongs, no e-collars, no head halters, um, slip, choke chain, yes. Slip lead, yes. Flat collar, yes. Martingale collar, yes. A pool harness yes a no pool harness no okay so what we usually do is no matter what the dog wears usually so some of my service dogs they're uh they use prongs or e-collars or whatever um or head halters we'll take them off we'll test them and we'll put it back on again you know when the test is over uh what i tell people is it's like five minutes 10 minutes for for some of the advanced tests um 10 minutes without the gear on and then you can put it right back on. Once your dog passes them, it does not mean that they cannot wear it ever again, okay? They can totally keep wearing it, they just can't wear it during that time of the test. Um, so yeah, I just tell people like, use a slip lead, don't use the e-collar, don't use a prong, don't use a head halter, um, don't use an opal harness, which I don't use anyway, but still. Um, Mary says, do you suggest mixing up the free CGC tests and the public access test? For the review test each year for our records, or only do the basic CGC test every year? Mary, that is a fantastic question, and it is totally up to you. So, one of the things that we're gonna start offering to people who have completed our program is, and I haven't done this yet, and I actually need to get my button gear. So, I'm gonna write it down so I remember um, the annual renewal. And what we're gonna do for Dream Dogs, annual review renewal, I guess, because I don't know what I'm talking about. And that will be the three CGC tests um it will be the public access test there will be a new vest and it will be an id card from dream dogs with your information and stuff and we're going to put all that together into a package that is additional it's not going to be included because it's going to be an annual thing um for your dog and i it, the id card will have an expiration date on it the vest won't but you'll get to get a new vest every year which is good because you need to you know, it starts getting a little ratty after a while, you know, and we've all seen them, I've actually had them, so before conference this past September, um, Arrow's vest was really ratty looking, so we had to order a new one, Um, and luckily we got it in on time, so I was happy, we had it for conference, and Arrow didn't even come, Um, but it was nice that we had that, Um, but yeah, so we want to do that, we want to put that package together so we get everything. Um, so if you can do all three of them and the public access test, I think that is going to be the best for you, but if you can only get that original CGC, that's okay too. So it doesn't make you like any more or less of a service dog, but I know when we do our package, it's going to be all of them and the best and the ID card for, I don't know how much. I haven't figured that one out yet, which is why I haven't thought about it yet. Crystal says when's the best age to start training for the CGC with my 10 week old puppy service dog in training. So first, if your dog has a fear of dogs, get him over that before you think of him as a service dog in training. I know we have hopes and goals and ideas, but if he can't get over that, he can't be a service dog in training. Mm -hmm. So we had a dog. I'm not going to name up breed because they've come to group class a few times and some of you guys know him. Um, The dog was very fearful and uh, the owner hoped for service dogs when we met, yes, the dog was fearful. The dog was also quite young. I want to say a little older than 10 weeks old, Crystal, like what you have. And we started working together. She just started with the private sessions, like the pet private sessions, because the pets are limited, the service dogs are unlimited, right? So started with the pet private sessions to see if she can get them over that fear. And she said to me right away, she goes, I'd love for him to be a service dog, but with these issues, I don't think he can be ever. And I said, Oh, when they're that young, they are so malleable when you know what you're doing and you're doing it right. And I mean, 10 weeks old, she might be in a, he might be in a fear period. So the dog has come so far. There's still a few things that we're working on trigger wise. Um, but we're just about ready to move that dog up to service dog in training. And that'll probably happen over the summer. Um and when is a good e-collar, start e-collar training with the puppy, uh, with the 10-week-old puppy? So I have done 12-week-old puppies with the e-collar, but here's the problem, Crystal, and, and everybody out there. Because I get this question a lot, and I see it on a lot of the trainer groups. A lot people ask, what's the youngest you've ever done it? It depends on how you use the tool, okay? I don't put it on and fry the dog. I don't put it on and, and harsh the dog. It's communication. Okay, so I do it and I do it real low. So one of our our um, our clients just got her e-collar in, right? And she's super stoked and she's hoping to come out this weekend. But I haven't seen her in a couple weeks and she got it in. So this is what I told her to do with it. Now her dog is just about I think four or five months old, somewhere around there. Um, what I want her to do is treat it like a clicker. What? Trust me on this one. So get get food, get treats, you know, get your dog's dinner, whatever works out, and on number one setting, push the button, feed the dog. How do you clicker train? Click, treat. How do you e-collar train? Zap, treat, zap, treat, zap, treat, right? Because we call it Mr. Zappy because we're fun. Um, but you can start that at a younger age. Now you only want to work at a one, level one. I don't care what e-collar you're at, level one. Uh, and then depending on the e-collar, so um, this one had a dog tree e-collar, had 127 levels which she can go up to a two or three possibly, but we want it to be good for them, especially at that age. I mean, even when we get the dogs in who are trying to kill us and we have to start them on e-collar immediately, uh, we still introduce it to them before we use it as a Correction because I don't want the tool. If you use it just as a correction, it could only ever be used as a correction tool. And I don't want that. And this is something that my clients find it's hard for them to grab their head around, right? To, to get it. And they're like, but it is a correction tool. And I'm like, no, it's a communication tool. Okay. So Malapuppy will probably start younger. He'll probably start about three months old, but it's going to be fun. It's not going to be, you know, come. Rah! because I don't do that anyway. Um, but it's going to be fun. It's going to be easy to get started. It's going to be fun, 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 fun. And if he's around two months old, he'll be about three, three and a half when we do gold school, if he comes with me. So, you know, that's probably, if I can start him with Bart and Michael, I'd be thrilled. Uh, but yeah, so it depends on the trainer, and it depends on the methods behind it. So it's not the tool, it's the training behind it. So I can start them off at 10 weeks old. I can start them off at 12 weeks old. Um, I can start them off at eight weeks old using the, and, and if you want to as well, but it's, it's quick treat, right? It's push the button treat. It's push the button treat. Love the sound effects, right? Yeah. Well, if he does that, it's ah, <laughs> or ah, ah. Um, But yeah, so, so you have that. Okay. Um, if you have a trainer who I've had people come in, not trainers, but just Potential clients, I can't wait to let my dog up like a Christmas tree. And I'm like, I <laughs> guess that we're not doing. No, I'm not doing that. That's not happening. Um, we want to get the communication going. So Gypsy and Roma, I started both of them at five and a half months old because that's when they started chasing my chickens. And prey drive stuff, like chicken chasing, cat chasing. I have found nothing that works as reliably and prooffully we'll make up words today, as e-collar training. Yes, you can say, well, get a higher value food and starve your dog longer. And then whenever he sees the cat, like, give him a steak. Works if your dog's hungry. Dog's not hungry, don't work as much. Um, So, yeah, so you have those two um, on how to e-collar and when to e-collar. Oh, the other thing with e-collar crystal is it depends on the brand. There's only three brands that we recommend, three. Want to know what they are? E-Collar Technologies. Okay. And E-Collar Technologies is great. We've been using them for years. Uh, great customer service, great support. Uh, fantastic companies made here in the U.S. I think up in like Indiana or Illinois or one of those northern states. I mean, I'm in Florida. Most states are northern states, but still. Um, E-Collar Technologies. And for that, you want to get the Mini 300, which is around um, $200 okay? You want to upgrade to a bungee quick snap if you can, or a quick snap if you have a smaller dog. Um, if you have a little little tiny dog, you might not be able to put a quick snap on it, but I like them with the quick snap. Now, if you have an aggressive dog, do not get the quick snap. If you have an aggressive dog, you're probably not watching this right now. <laughs> um, so that's my favorite one there. It's around remote. It's wicked cute. You can get different skins on it, they call them, or covers. Um, we just sent a dog home with a leopard skin print. It's really, really neat. Uh, we've been getting the purple ones. We have some red ones. So, you know, I like the variety. So that's the one I like for e-collar technologies. The next one is Dogtra. Dogtra was actually my first good e-collar. Um, they've been around longer than e-collar tech. A little bit more of a problem with the customer service angle in which, and this is how it was years ago, so hopefully they changed it. But how it was years ago is you had to send it to them and then wait six to eight weeks to get it back, which was hard. <laughs> And the whole like, well, what did you do to break this thing? So I don't use a lot of of uh, dogtra. Um, When I order dogtra, I order them off of Amazon because I don't have a dogtra dealer, and you have to order a boatload of collars to be a dealer. And I'm not going to do that because I like e-collar tech, you know. So e-collar tech dogtra, and the third one is Martin Systems, and that's Bart and Michael Bellin's company it's in belgium (laughs) we ordered some of them last month whenever they came out but we wanted to wait because they have three sizes small which can fit on your wrist medium and then large and the largest weren't in stock until about a week ago two weeks ago maybe no i think about a week ago so we ordered the larges and we said we'd wait uh eight of them so they shipped on thursday or friday of last week and they're supposed to be delivered yesterday, and I waited all day for them, and I'm watching out the window all day for them, and if I look away, I look again to make see if it was out there, and I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. It's supposed to be delivered between 3, 11 and 3 p.m., 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. <coughs> I didn't even go to Universal yesterday because I was waiting for it. box never showed. Well, it's 6 o'clock, 6 p.m. last night, I got a message from UPS, from Ops, saying, oh, it has to go through customs. What? You're supposed to be delivered three hours ago, and now you're telling me it has to go through customs. So it goes through customs, and then they messaged me this morning at like seven forty-five, and they said, "Up, oh, yo, another two hundred dollars, one hundred and eighty dollars on, on it for customs taxes and COD and whatever." So we had to pay that, and then it it showed it's still up in uh, um, Philadelphia. I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. So I don't know when I'm going to be getting them. I'll do an unboxing video whenever I get them in because I ordered eight of them, um, seven larges and a medium because everyone, I had, let's see, a golden, two German Shepherds, a doodle, two mixed breeds. And they're getting those. And then I ordered two for myself. So I got myself a medium for Malapuppy Puppy and a large for my dogs. And then I also have the, um, micro on the extender. So I like that too. Now the problem with Martin Systems is they're a little bit more expensive. It's around $700 for the setup, but you get the extender. You get, it's called the Chameleon 3. You get a finger button, which is really nice. Um, my favorite aspects of it is the design. Is There's no big brick there. It's all smooth and svelte. Uh It tells you when you have good contact. It comes with the what doesn't come with, we ordered the feather contacts. You could put those in really easy. And then it'll tell you if you have good contact or not. And I'm telling you guys, from what Michael and Bart said, 95% of the time when there's a problem, it's because you're not getting good contact. And I'm like, oh, that can't be true, I know. I've been doing this for years, I get good contact. So I put the collar on Gypsy. If I just brushed her out, she gets good contact like that. If I didn't just brush her out, she does not get good contact. So then I have to like move the fur and move the collar and try to get it. And it'll tell you when you have good contact. You have two minutes from the time you turn it on and it'll let you know. And what it does is it's uh, running lights. It'll go around and around and around and around. And whenever you have good contact, it stops going around. Um, It's Greg Mann, Kieran Carroll. So yeah, so it tells you that. And that is flipping amazeballs, right? That it tells you if you have good contact. And like I said, you get the finger button. So that's nice. So then you're not constantly grabbing for the remote, which the dog sees. Instead, you just push the button, push the button. What is Greg's name again? Greg's name is Greg Van Curen, and he's with eColor Technologies. Is that who you're talking about? Because eColor Tech is awesome. They are. Yeah. I mean, we love them. They know us. We totally love them. But working with some of our people who have disabilities, they need that finger button. For example, if I'm rolling in a wheelchair, in a manual wheelchair, I can't grab this if I need to communicate with the dog. Say the dog starts going towards the side or starts going too far in front or lagging too far behind, or say I drop something and he has to go pick it up and come back, I want to have some sort of control over him. So I want, excuse me, nose is itchy. So I want that off-leash reliability, so I'm on a knee collar, but I can't wheel wheel do this and then I like crash into something. So I really like that finger button and Dogtra has it. I think the 1900, I know the ARC has it, but it's huge. It's like a watch, not a finger button. So like uh, Martin Systems is a ring, ECollartech Tech is a watch. Not e Tech, Dogtra is a watch. Now E-collar Tech's supposed to be coming out with one. They haven't yet. They have one that's corded. But again, if I'm dealing with wheelchairs, I can't do cords. You know, if I'm dealing with a, a cane, I can't do cords. If I'm dealing with a walker, I can't do cords. Like, it's just annoying. I don't want that. Um, Mary says, I like the Doctor one I have. Then I can work two dogs with one hand. I really want one of the e-tech ones you mentioned. Not sure how to justify buying another one. Just me, an excuse. <laughs> I do have three dogs, so there's that. Do you have an affiliate link for those? Um, Mary, I do not, but I can always order it for you and have it drop shipped right to your house. Okay. So if you want to marry, whenever you're ready for it, you tell me now, if you have three dogs, they do have a three dog unit. It would be the, um, the easy. So it looks like a minion. It's um, an oval. It's not round, um, but you would have a button for all three dogs. Uh, and it's really neat that way. Uh, I do really, really like e-collar tech. Now how you can justify it, Mary is I don't know how old your dog trail one is, but what I did, because I had, what did I have? I had a vibration only, a boss, another boss, a double boss, three of the pro e-collar ones, which we don't use with clients, but we had them and they had all new batteries in the receivers. Um, And we had, I think, one other. And I just, I listed them and I sold them all. And between the money I got from that, I had money to buy a Chameleon 3 and like two of the um, 300s that we usually use just so we had what we use instead of something that we don't use. Um, And why is because if we're using something on the dog, I want the client to be able to use it too, not say, well, this isn't, mine's different from yours because I'm special. So we wanted to have it all the same. So I sold all my old ones. Um, Now, I still have four bark collars that I want to sell, but I haven't sold them yet because Rich is like, we should keep them. And I'm like, we don't use them. Um, But Martin Systems has a bark collar that comes on the extender, which I really like. And that's what I want. So next order, I think I'm just going to order it. Uh, Carol asks, "Can you be a distributor with you?" With um, e caller tech, yes, Carol. Just go ahead and call them up or send them an email, and they'll get what they need because I know. <coughs> Excuse me. I know Carol's a trainer and she has her own business and LLC and everything, so she can get set up with them really easy. And it's nice because I order them. What I do whenever you buy from me. So this is for you, um, Mary, especially. Um, when you buy it from me, we upgrade your collar strap at no additional cost. So it comes with one that's like a belt buckle, and I don't like it much, um, because I hate having to find that same hole every time. Because they'll do like what horses do. And if you don't know what horses do, and you saddle a horse, they'll do this, <gasps> and you saddle it, and then they go, ha ha. Now it's super loose, right? And you don't want that. So dogs will do the same thing with their neck. They go. And you put it on, and they're like, ha, ha, sucker. And you're like, no, what, wait. So we don't want to do that. So I like the quick snap, which is just a little snap, so you can do that. And then you can, um, uh, you know, take it off easy, put it on easy. It also has a bungee, which is like a hair elastic, but thicker. So it gets the right contact. Oh, and I'm going to tell you something that I learned in silver school. you guys ready for some silver school hints and tips? Where does the e collar go on the dog's neck? Okay, so we had been telling people put it up as high as you can on the dog's neck, because it's going to be the primary tool of communication, and you want it up high. Now, some dogs you have to switch it up a bit depending on it. You know, if I have a dog, you know, depending on the whole situation, it might be the top, or it might be the prong collar on top, right, or slip lead on top. It depends on the dog. But you want to know the real, real thing that you're supposed to do. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? It's good. It's really good. If it's on top of the neck, it's because it's on that flat buckle collar that looks like a belt with no bungee on it whatsoever. If you have a bungee, any sort of bungee, if you have the ones like Sam Tabar cells, which is the strap with the elastic, if you have the E-collar tech ones with the elastic on it, if you have one of the Bart Bellin ones that have the elastic on it, it's supposed to sit down lower on the neck so when the elastic tightens, it rides up and gets a better connection. Right, slam that down. Mic drop. No idea, right? No idea about that whatsoever. It makes hell a lot of sense. So look at your collar. If you have a bungee on it, it should be down lower on the neck. If you do not have a bungee on it, it has to be the toppest on the neck, okay? So if you just have one of the quick snaps or one of the flat buckles, it has to be the toppest on the neck, okay? Um... Mario, oh sweet, I like the three-dog idea. My dog just only a couple years old. And, yeah, you should be able to sell it with no problem if you want to, Mary. And then that helps offset the cost, too, which is always good. Um, Nicole says, I bet the, the Barbellum one would look good on a short-cut poodle and a Mal. Oh, they look amazing on a Malinois. If you look at, Larry Crone just did a video on it, and I think he demos it. When we get them in, um, we're going to demo it with Gypsy. But she's so fluffy, it's hard to see it. But that's great. So we're going to actually, I get these power shot pictures where you're like sitting on the ground and it's an angle up with the castle and the dog and everything. And they look amazing. Like I've used them. If you look back in the pictures, you'll see them um, because I love them. They're my favorite pictures to get at Magic Kingdom. Uh, And we're going to do that with um, with the Chameleon 3. And because I said, everyone is going to use them for Shepherds and Malinois. And I said, you need to have a Fluffy Golden is your spokesperson. And Michael really liked that idea. So I need to have some pictures for her so I can say, here you go. Fluffy Golden at Disney wearing a chameleon. Right? But yeah, I, it does. It looks amazing, Nicole. It really does. Um, so Nicole also asked, can you do multiple dogs on one remote with with Bards' collars? Yes. I believe he actually said he has one that can do 32 dogs on one remote. And he can do the finger kicks too, Nicole. So you can do, this is Rio, this is Doc, right? Or this is Rio, this is Doc and have the two fingers, right? So you can, you have a lot of different options with that. Um, But I'm not sure how the multiple dog ones go. What what I would do if you're interested is go to martinsystemshop.com and that is Martin Systems or ask me and I'll send it over to you. (laughs) Uh, Mary says, yeah, I hate the belt buckle. For that reason, the belt buckle collars. Yeah, they're a pain. I hate the belt buckle ones. So like I said, we always upgrade them. Um, we might upgrade to the the bungee straps where they look like antennas coming off of them. Um, now you don't want to do that if you have two dogs in the house and they like to play bitey face type of thing because when Gypsy plays with a dog who has that, she will take one of the cords and stretch it and run the dog around on it because she's Gypsy and she's a little bit retarded. Um, <laughs> she's lying right here. There's my Gypsy right? Um, so she'll do that. So for that, or if you have a dog who chews on them, you know, it would be best just to, just to use the quick snap bungee. Um, but the quick snap bungees go for, I want to say $36. So, you know, a piece, so they're not cheap collars. <laughs> they're expensive collars, but you can get the different colors, which is nice too. Michelle said, mind blown. And Crystal said, yep. Yep. So what questions do you guys have for me as we wrap this up? So evaluations, you want to evaluate periodically your dog for service dog work evaluate before you move from service dog candidate prospect or service puppy into service dog in training evaluate service dog and training into service dog evaluate every six months really six months old a year old a year and a half two years old two and a half three years old sometimes even after that they're like i don't wanna you have to respect that if your dog just decides i don't want to do this anymore don't force them to do it um or find out what's going on with them. Maybe he's bored. Maybe he doesn't want to do it. Maybe he had a bad experience out at Trader Joe's the other day. Um, you know, the woman give him a free sample. Well, he shouldn't we getting a free sample, Tom, to knock it off? Um, and you might have to go back and do um, do some some more training with them. Like training never ends. Never ends, guys. It's always going. For AKC, we want those um, four, if you can, the Star Puppy, the CGC, the CGC Urban, and the Community Canine. You want to get all four of those. Now, if you get your dog over a year old and you can't get the Star Puppy, that's fine, but it does come with the metal, which is really cute. Um, You want to do the public access test. Now, if you're one of our clients and you don't live near us because we have some who who live out of state and we haven't done the public access test. We will um, send it to you and you can find a CGC evaluator there who can do the public access test for you. Um, Or you can come down and see us and we can do it for you. Chris asked, when are you getting the male puppy? When I talked to Ivan last, he was saying one of the litters on the ground should be ours. So that's the I and the J litter, I believe. Let me pull up and see again since I have you guys hostage here if you go to malinois.com that's ivan's site and you go to malinois puppies oh my god they're so cute and at the bottom right it says read more by a pile of sleeping puppies and then read more under availability so yeah the i and j litters Um, he has k and l pregnant but not confirmed yet he also hasn't updated his website in a while Um, Because he has been super duper busy. So I'm not really surprised he hasn't updated. So he said one of those should be ours. So that should be Palm Sunday or Easter Sunday. So I'm really hoping we get a phone call like tomorrow, which is Wednesday, saying, hey, can you guys come down on Sunday and pick up your puppy? My God, would that be amazing? So like I said, we have the names picked. Um, Hopefully it'll be one of those. Because I and J, we have better names picked than K and L. Because we don't have those names yet. So hopefully Palm Sunday or Easter Sunday, hopefully, 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 hopefully. Um, If not, it'll be after that. Michelle says after a year and a half, my first one, (coughs) didn't want to work, so I washed them out. Yeah, Yeah, it sometimes happens. Like I said, I look at it and I say, why? Um, Is there like, you don't want to go with me because you think you're going to the doctor? Do you not want to go with me because it's hot outside? But really... I almost like to work, so I'm usually pretty good. And Gypsy loves to work, so I'm good there too. But like I said, Rue doesn't want to do it. Even afterwards, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to train him up just to be a backup service dog, and he doesn't have to do too much. And he doesn't want to work for me. He'd rather work for Rich or Luke. So we actually brought Rue to group class on Sunday, um, and lunch afterwards, and he did okay for me. He did better for Luke or for Rich who was there. But um, but yeah, so. Crystal says, should I socialize my puppy to other dogs or hold off? Work with a trainer, Crystal. And I hate saying that and saying, ah, just work with a trainer. But you need to find a good trainer. So Crystal, message me, um, private message me, and tell me where you live, and I will look up. You can also go to uh, canineprofessionals.com, which is the IACP, the International Association of Canine Professionals. And you can do a trainer search. um, Do a trainer search and see who's there. Now, not all trainers are created equally. Okay, so I like ICP trainers because they're usually open-minded on things. You do not want to go with one of these purely positive, love can fix everything, because love will not fix everything. Love is not all you need when it comes to training your dog. And here's my rant for the night, and then I'll get back to the questions. So, and type in questions while while I rant, right? Um, why are all these dog bites getting in the news anymore? So, Alachua County, where we used to live, here in Florida. Um, That's a county that Gainesville's in. um, Had something in the paper. And I got dings because I get dinged whenever dog and Gainesville come up in the paper together. So I read the article about it. And I guess there were 499 dog bites last year in a lateral county. And they're like, why? What's going on here? Dog bites kills maulings. Towards dogs or people. You know, dogs have been killed. A kid was killed not too long ago. Um, there's been a ton already this year, and they're like, why? What's the difference? What's going on? I know exactly what's going on and what's causing these fights. Do you want to know why? You want to know what the problem is? It's because they're not fur babies, guys. They're dogs. Yes, they take the place of best friends. They take the place of kids. They take the place of spouses. They take the place of parents. They take the place that we need emotionally, but they're not prepared for because they're not little fur babies in little fur skins but they're humans, they're dogs, okay, I'm a dog trainer, I adore my dogs, if you guys know me, you guys know how much, especially I adore Gypsy, adore Zoe too, she's super wicked cute, and Rue, he's tolerable, <laughs> uh, and Arrow and was super amazing, right, you guys know this, but they're still dogs, so you still have to be able to tell them no, and the training that is going on now that they're trying to push to take over everything is this purely positive crap where you never tell a dog no, you never touch a dog, I'm not saying murder a dog, but you should be able to, you know, pat your dog on the side, you should be able to, you know, touch your dog on the butt, kids should be able to come over and grab your dog's hair, even though they shouldn't, without getting bit, right, you can agree with me on that one, so why are all these dog bites happening, is because they're using dogs to fill an emotional void, they're not getting the training that they need, So the dog knows his place in the pack and he thinks he's above all that in a bag of chips. And when they do go out for training, it's this purely positive crap that doesn't work and the dogs still end up biting and killing each other because they were never told no. And yes, I've had clients come and tell me that. Well, we were told never to tell them no and I just laugh at them. So what are you supposed to do whenever the puppy's biting your hand like crazy? And I'm not saying tell your dog, you know, yell at him, no, like that's not gonna work. But there's things you can do That's communicative without being evil, just like I told you earlier, how do you do an e-collar on puppies is you do zap, treat, zap, treat, zap, treat, right? You don't say fry, little doggy, and dance, right? So that's a big part of the problem. So where did this come from, you ask? Crystal asking if she should socialize her pup to other dogs or hold off. If your dog's having fear issues with other pups, if you socialize them with the wrong pups, you're going to go down that rabbit hole you don't want to go down. When you're going to go past the point in no return, you need to socialize with the, the right dogs, the right temperaments. So if you lived close, Crystal, and we did training together, and we you came out here, you would go with Zoe, who's my 14-year-old Border Collie, and Gypsy, my year-and-a-half-old Golden. Um, your dog would not be around Rue because Rue can be a jerk around dogs. Um client dogs. Like I have, this is so wonderful. My clients are absolutely amazing. I have clients who told me that they would be on call if I need them for socializing with another dog. So if I need their dog to socialize and play with another dog, they will be on call for me. And all I have to do is tell them and, you know, we'll make it happen. How fantastic is that? Um, They trust me so much that they're willing to do that. And they don't know these other dogs so so you want to make sure that they're with the right dog so when we did puppy group classes ooh, we might do puppy group classes that might be something we offer when we get now puppy too um, but when we did puppy group classes we would have a stable adult dog there if we had one who could do it zoe did it for a while arrow could do it um rue couldn't do it and gypsy we haven't been doing that type of group class since we got her So you want to expose them to solid, good, stable dogs. You don't want them exposed to, like, the obnoxious dogs who are going to get in their face or, like, going to run them over or going to, like, Gypsy would sit on them. So I can't even say that. Um, So you need to do that. Okay? Um, Liz asks, what site are you looking at for a male? We're getting one from Ivan Balabanov. Remembered it on the first try. So if you go to malinois.com, that's M-A-L-I-N-O-I-S.com. That's his site. Um, Or if you look at Ivan, I-V-A-N, Malinois, Florida, you'll probably come across it too. He does puppies, he does training, and he does protection. So he'll sell protection dogs and everything too. Um, So yeah, so he's the one we're getting him from. From what I've been told from people, his dogs are very social. um, And I wanted a very social Malinois. And I told him, I'm like, I want a golden and a Malinois body. I want the most social one that you got. Um, I want social. I want him to be great around everyone. Um, I was looking at a couple different breeders. I was looking at him. I was looking at Mohawk Malinois in Kentucky and I was looking at Logan House in West Virginia. Um, I reached out to Ivan and to um, Mohawk at the same time and they both said right away, yes, I, you know you can have a dog. You tell me what you want and when basically. And that was fantastic because when I reached out to Golden Breeders in the fall to look for males because we era was healthy. We were thinking of getting a male um I didn't hear back from them at all <laughs> like really so um so yeah breeders could be weird but I really liked the response I got from the Malinois breeders from mohawk and from Ivan. and like I said a logan house in west virginia they were going to be the next ones that I contacted um and then if that didn't work michael ellison in california I was going to contact him as well so I had four that are the well known ones I didn't want to go with you know joe bob down the street because I don't know what he's breeding, and I wanted stable temperament. First and foremost, because I want him as a service dog. Okay, Uh, Michelle says best Easter present ever, right? (laughs) So Rich is born, his birthday's April 24th, and my sister's is April 19th, and sometimes their birthdays fall on Easter. Um, But yeah, this is the best Easter present ever. Uh, Actually, and we got Jedi on his birthday a few, what, like 12 years ago, 13 years ago? Um, A long time ago. We picked him up on on Rich's birthday. Um, Crystal says she will. Okay, perfect. Yeah, canineprofessionals.com. Try that first. And message it to me. Say like, hey, what about this person? Okay. Deb says, I think Loki performs or at least responds better to males. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of dogs um, will respond better to their own type. So like Goldens to Goldens, German Shepherds to German Shepherds, because they get it. And it's funny because Arrow, Arrow helped raise Gypsy. You know gypsy was raised by malinois so we get malinois clients out here she gets so excited and she's like i know you i know who you are i get you so i cannot wait to get the puppy out here um mary says one of my girls stopped tasking in public she still behaves perfectly at home and tasks at home perfectly so i just don't make a workout in public and i've let her take over daytime tasks while i'm home that gives my other girl the ability to relax when we're home, which she actually seems to prefer they're both four and it's taken me about two years to learn how they both want to work and then foster an environment to meet that. Mary, that is awesome. That is so awesome. And that's how it needs to be, is you can't say you will be a service dog, Rue, because I said so. Like they have to want it or it's not gonna happen. Just like I want Luke to be a dog trainer and he wants to move to Japan and do anime. While well, that's great, I still want you to move back here and do dog training and do anime books on dog training and comic book up all of our books. Um, because that would be super fun, and you're not living in another country uh, around the world for me. Because if that's the case, I'm moving to Japan, too, and I'm too tall, and they'll be like, oh, my God, look at the giant tall woman, and I don't want that to happen. Um, Crystal says, I'm an 11-month-old multi-poo with a lot of energy, and he and my puppy, Sable, play very well together. He was a service training, but washed up because of his own fears. So since you, there's two of them in the house with fears, yeah, Krista, you need to, she lives in Tennessee, yeah, reach out. Tony says, nice. I mean, Crystal says we go down to Florida a lot because that's where a lot of family lives. Perfect. We are about 45 minutes from Universal and Disney and about 45 minutes from Tampa. We are in an amazing location, Crystal. So hopefully we can meet you at some point. Okay. So I'm going to sign off because we got to go feed the dogs. I always got to go feed the dogs after the webinars, guys. Um, I'm going to, what I do after this is tomorrow I download it and I upload it onto YouTube and I upload it onto our podcast. Our podcast is called How to Train Your Service Dog. Go to your favorite podcast player, like it, subscribe to it, rate us, five stars would be nice, and tell all your friends and share it so they like, rate, and subscribe. Um, also, how to train your service dog Facebook group, join that. It's awesome. we got a lot of information. Our service dog program, we work with owner trainers to help them train their dogs to be their service dogs, and we work from dogs from, with dogs from all over the country. Uh, go to Dream 9 that's D-R-E-A-M, the letter K, the number nine dot com, you get information on all of our training programs, our service dog, our pet dog, our puppy program, our behavior modification stuff, all of it is on there, we are also on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, you name it, we're probably on it, except, for, we're even on Twitter, but I don't tweet, um, and I don't do Snapchat, I don't even think Snapchat's a thing anymore, Okay, so thanks for the info. Thank you guys for tuning in. I hope you have a fantastic evening and I will see you next week or at the unboxing video. Okay.